Every time I see you, Shanti, you're in a different room. <laughs> it does seem that way. Yeah. Closet. Towel. No towel. I'm know, house on the floor. I'm house. <laughs> oh, you're house sitting. I'm house slash puppy sitting. Uh, yeah. Nice. Mm, yes. Okay. Very nice. Mm-hmm. She just moves from empty house to empty house. To empty house. Yeah, I'm yeah. a nomad. <laughs> You know, serial killers usually do that. Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> wow. You figured me out. All they right. Me. They got you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know your secret. Mm-hmm. Once more, we interrupt your regularly scheduled program. This is the Joker speaking from his secret hideout. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hey, this is Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio. Besides Star Wars, if you're itching to dive deep into all things geek, park your speeder right here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. And may the Force be with you always. You want to know why you should do a show about the Joker? Because he's unique. He's often imitated and never duplicated. But at the same time, he could be anyone. Anyone is capable of becoming the Joker. All it takes is one bad day. Wow, thank you so much, Scott Rapina, Scott Vader Rapina, for that awesome intro. Scott is one of our top retweeters and a great, a great friend of the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. But I just want to say a quick welcome for all of you who are joining us for the first time on this episode. It's awesome that you found us. And for our regular cast of Scuttle Buddies, welcome back to another deep dive show. We haven't done one of these in a long time. We've been doing a, a couple of quick cuts, which are also fun. But with me, as always, we got Shanti. What is up, my friend? Hi, it's Sunday. <laughs> I'm <laughs> dreading work tomorrow. But I saw Suicide Squad today, so oh. I'm happy. Very nice, very nice. And we have a very special guest tonight, Shanti. Why don't you introduce our friend? <laughs> so um, this is a <laughs> friend of mine that I've met through uh, Rebel Roses podcast, Rachel's uh, show channel on YouTube. Um, his name is Josh uh, Sith Care Bear. That's his handle. And I wanted, nice. yeah, I wanted to invite him on to talk about the Joker today. Very nice. Yeah, you've been uh, making the rounds uh, over there uh, with Rachel. And obviously we are uh, <laughs> Make me also- sound so slutty. Of- yeah, well, you know, if the shoe fit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's awesome. And uh, as as uh, Twitter knows, um, we are a uh, a patron of uh, Rachel's. Uh, really great, uh, great gal. She's got some good stuff over there. So uh, really love that uh, that you are uh, making friends uh, on 
besides the sunny beaches of Scarif, but you're making friends elsewhere. So uh, finally, kudos to you. Finally, <laughs> finally. Josh, thank you very much for joining us. Sith Care Bear. Wow. Three words that should never go together, but I'm glad you're here. Thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. <laughs> So uh, before we start, I want to say a big thank you to the guys uh, from the Escape Pod. They joined us last week on the Quick Cuts episode. How'd you like hanging out with them, Shanti? <laughs> They're funny. They're very, very they funny. funny. Yeah. They are very, <laughs> no very funny. But, but looks aren't everything, as we uh, know. Uh, but um, yeah, they are, uh, again, just another member of our Red 5 network and uh, some great, great guys. Definitely no filter. So uh, if you guys are out there, don't uh, subscribe to their YouTube channel. I know they go live, I think, on Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hit them up. And, uh, you know, always fun hanging out with the guys at uh, the Escape Pod. Are you sure this thing is safe? There goes another one. Hold your fire. There's no life forms aboard. It must have short-circuited. Wait a minute. What if there are droids in the Escape Pod? The sensors wouldn't pick them up. And what if the Rebels concealed the plans to the Death Star inside one of the droids? Open fire! So tonight's, uh, you know, before we start, Josh, um, tell me uh, a little bit about your uh, trajectory and your adventures out in their Twitterverse. Um, And obviously, you know, that name really... uh, really draws attention to yourself i know i was like wait a minute what's going on here tell tell us a little bit about that uh well the the name itself started as kind of a a work thing that i i (laughs) began during uh lockdown um and basically it was sort of a way to show everyone that i cared but at the same time acknowledge who i really am um so i was the sith care bear um so i took a lot of pictures of me doing odd things cleaning carpet going to the beach uh out hiking in mountains and things like that uh dressed in a a care bear onesie with a darth vader helmet and uh gloves and a cape on um so it just kind of became a personality and then i just sort of transitioned it into my uh my social media life uh which really didn't exist before lockdown either because i work incessantly um but now it's here so i'm uh having fun trying to balance that so let me ask you where where do these pictures exist how can one see these these pictures because now i'm curious um well uh, a grown-ass grown man in a, in a, in a care bear's onesie say no more yeah yeah um Yes, it's uh, on my um, my main page on Twitter. Uh, there's a picture of me gazing at um, at a volcano, actually. So um, oh, there nice. you go. I was standing on the side of the road. People had a lot of fun stopping to take pictures of me, not the mountain. Um, <laughs> we do what we have to do, you know. Exactly. Exactly. That is hilarious. Yeah, we're going to have to take a look at that. Um, That would be Josh at Sith Care Bear on Twitter. Yeah. Very nice. Everyone check that out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, wow, Shanti, what... Where are you hanging out? Bringing these know, where do you get these friends people? in? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. High school all over again. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely high school. And obviously, you know, for folks that are listening to the podcast tonight, they don't see the visuals, but I see some wonderful uh, Star Wars collectibles behind you. Um, and uh, just quick question, like what what are some of the uh, some of your favorite Star Wars collectibles now that we're just kind of uh, showcasing your, uh, your background? Um, well, I love my... <laughs> 
I love my Millennium Falcon here. This is who, yeah, who doesn't? You know, that's, yeah. that's vintage Kenner beauty right there. I, I love it. It's complete, one hundred percent. Even has the little ball and string. Um, and uh, I do kind of kind of like my Lego Death Star right here. It's kind of kind of one of my I, faves as well. Got a little Slave One action up top right there here. You go. Uh, I see it. Yeah, it's uh, well. I'm sorry, Boba Fett Starship. Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, the, the new don't. official we, name apparently. <laughs> no, we we're against that. It's a slave one. I see some bendies back there. Are those bendies? Where about the the action figures? Yeah, the no, uh, these are um, uh, Star Wars Black Series. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. They look like bendies or um, Luke Skywalker looks a little buff. He looks like he's uh, power <laughs> yeah, of the force. A little, a little bit power of the force. No, he's, there. he's not that level. No, he's that, oh, that guy's okay. ripped. Uh, yeah, exactly. A little, more, a little more standard there. All right, sounds good. And uh, we got Hut Slayer sitting on some sort of throne there. That's oh, yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, this is uh, Leia here with. Surely. Uh... <laughs> Please don't call it that. Yeah. It's salacious crumb. There you yeah. go. This is actually a, a 3D printed the the throne that Boba Fett oh, wow. sits in. Oh wow, that's and, awesome. Um, the end of that last very nice for Book of Boba. Yeah, very nice, very nice. I'm impressed. So uh, you know, we brought you on uh, tonight's episode. Uh, we're going to talk a little uh, Joker. We're going to do some clowning around, and um, you know, the Joker is uh, such an interesting character in. In, in I guess in all geek circles, he's an old character. I didn't do a lot of research because I really wanted to kind of start with uh, the Joker that a lot of us know uh, from the 60s, uh, the Batman TV show. And obviously actor Cesar Romero uh, from the 60s show uh, was kind of, I guess, like an introduction uh, to many people. We must first eliminate Batman from the scene. <laughs> Hey, Scarif. This is DJ from Rogue One Radio and the Red 5 Network. So the question is, why is the Joker such an iconic character? Well, I'm going to start with the popularity of uh, movies to date. Uh, we have uh, these roles being portrayed by icons, such as Jack Nicholson in uh, Batman in 1989, Heath Ledger, uh, did a phenomenal performance in The Dark Knight, and then even more recently, Joaquin Phoenix. Par pairing the larger-than-life roles to larger-than-life actors. But where does this stem from? As a culture, we've come aware that not everything is as simple as black and white, but the gray area in between is larger than most would have thought. So we have these anti-heroes rising in our culture, paired with the great performances by iconic actors, and we just want more. Tomorrow night, champagne for everybody! <laughs> what was your first, uh, what were your guys' first impression on the Joker? Did you guys, and, and Shanti, you're too young. You're just a baby. I don't know. Were you, uh, where was your first foray into the land of the Joker? I shouldn't be insulted by that, but I am insulted by that. <laughs> you young whippersnapper. <laughs> um, believe it or not, it probably would be the Jack Nicholson one. And okay. uh, I had to go to, you know, an after school kind of program uh, 
you know, waiting for my parents to pick me up. And some idiot teacher thought it would be wise <laughs> to pop in the, uh, you know, the first Batman movie. And I don't even remember how old I was. I must have been five years old. And when I saw Jack Nicholson for the first time, I just remember running to the desk and hiding under the teacher's really? desk. My dad was pissed that <laughs> the teacher was showing that after school. But now, of course, I absolutely love it. But that, yeah, that's my first one. And then uh, my second go would be the Batman animated series, Mark Hamill. So Jack Very and nice. then Mark. Jack and Mark. Mm -hmm. can't, can't get any better than that. How about you, Josh? Uh, definitely the Adam West, uh, Burt Ward, Batman. Um, uh, Cesar Romero is my go-to as far as the image in my mind of the Joker. Um, and I would say he's definitely been iconic as far as sort of setting the precedence for the, the image that most people have in their mind. Um, however, even as a child, I did think it was odd that he had a mustache uh, under right. a bunch of makeup because the actor <laughs> famously refused to shave his mustache. Um, but, uh, but no, he, now I will say he was a very different rendition from really any Joker we've had since he was much mm -hmm. more wacky, um, mm -hmm. you know, a little more over the top and, and silly to kind of fit with the, 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 the campy theatrics of the rest of the series. Um, but at the same time, he he also had a little bit of a, a tinge of of menacingness to him that just kind of I don't know I, I even as a child I was more creeped out by him than any of the other characters by far. Tell me tell me it's the amazing. truth you were creeped out because of the mustache right? Yeah, that, <laughs> it looked weird. <laughs> what a true. I'm Hispanic. not going to say it wasn't a factor. <laughs> true Hispanic. Um, but you know, good on him for right. sticking to his guns. Yeah, I mean, the cast, uh, it, it's uh, told that the cast really, really wanted the actor to, to be the Joker, and he just refused to shave it off. I mean, mm -hmm. how can you be a Latin lover without a mustache? <laughs> Tell me, you know, in subsequent roles. I mean, I, I, I get it. But, um, yeah, you, you mentioned um, you mentioned how that portrayal of the Joker kind of helped cement the character in future renditions, um, talk a little bit about that. I mean, Romero, obviously, uh, you know, that there's a certain uh, aspect of camp to, to the performance, but there is still a little bit of seriousness when, when those shows kind of got in their, in their groove. Um, is George, or uh, is, uh, Cesar Romero's, uh, Joker, was that the benchmark? Do you see, that type of acting or at least the characterization under Romero's Joker, do you see that creeping into subsequent uh, Jokers uh, from, from the future? I think to a certain extent. I mean, if you go all the way up to the, the most recent iteration with uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, um, the, the costume that he wears in that is much more similar as far as the, the color and whatnot of uh, Cesar Romero's joker so no i it's definitely still echoes all the way up to today for sure yeah and shanti i was going to ask you as campy as the 60s batman was i mean joker always seems to fit in the world that uh that that character is is playing with um obviously the 60s you mentioned joaquin phoenix's uh joker does that fit does that joker fit in in today's world do we still uh I guess, do we still see the Joker as a relevant character in today's world? Yes. Well, I don't see why not. <clears throat> Just because, especially now with um, 
so much talk about mental illness and stuff like that. I just think he'll always be a relevant character just because of how unhinged he is. And he's just evil personified. And I think you're always going to have characters like that. So he's, he's just, he's too good of a villain to, you know, that he, I think he'll last. He'll always last. He's lasted this long. So well, you, see why well, you he talked about, last. right. You talked about being evil, but mm-hmm. you also talked about uh, mental health. Um, some people the, might, yeah. Well, I'm talking specifically about the Joaquin Phoenix one. Mm-hmm. That one seems. But aren't to... go ahead. Yeah, but aren't they? Aren't they all kind of intermingled? Uh, don't they have a certain aspect of each other in all the roles, uh, the way they've been played? I think so. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, I would say he's not so much evil, though, as as much as he's just a. He's an insane. agent of chaos. Um, I mean, he just wants to, like like was said in the film, he wants to watch the world burn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily meant to be good or bad. It just is. Um, that's his view on things. And, and there really is no right or wrong. There just is what you feel in the moment, um, mm-hmm. which I think is part of why the character is so drawn to Batman, because Batman's, Batman's need for order and control um, it makes him the antithesis of him. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're two sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. Wow. And that brings us to, uh, you know, uh, that characterization. Um, and, you know, you said two sides to, to the same coin. And obviously we've got characters like, you know, Two-Face that uh, is also in that world. Um, I never really saw that connective tissue uh, between that, but it almost seems like like every character in in the Batman franchise uh, stems from one single persona, and I wanna um, I wanna challenge you guys: um, is that persona is that Bruce Wayne? Is that Batman? Is Joker a little bit of Bruce Wayne and vice versa? Two Face, you got all those characters. What do you guys think? Uh, absolutely. Oh, I was just going to say that I think that that the the Joker is attracted to Batman because he understands Batman. And that's part of why Batman has put up with so much from the Joker over the years, including, you know, the death of, of people he was close to um, because he, he, he understands that he needs him as much as, you know, vice versa. And, um, and I, I feel like uh, they, they kind of coexist with one another. It's almost a symbiotic relationship. Uh, Joker gets Batman and he understands that Batman is, frankly, probably more crazy than any of um, his rogues gallery. Yeah. Wow. Shanti, what do yeah. you think? You agree? Disagree? No, I agree. I just, I've actually never have thought about that before. So it's really interesting. I have to sit on that one. Yeah, definitely. I think when you mentioned it, Josh, I think uh, I th- like a light bulb, uh, you know, uh, turned on in my head, but uh, it, it definitely, I think it definitely rings true. I mean, you know, let's let's get to a specific story here. We've got the story of the Killing Joke that was a graphic novel, um, and I think at the time it, it was very controversial. It was very, uh, you know, stories like that were were, were pretty violent, um, especially for, you know, what is largely considered, you know, children's entertainment. You've got comic books and graphic novels and things like that, but. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on bringing such serious notes to that type of media, that type of entertainment? Chantel, I'll start with you. 
I was thinking about this today, and honestly, it pisses me off a little bit because I'm so tired of catering to kids, honestly. Don't get do me tell, wrong. Do tell. Don't get me wrong. I love kids. I really do. That's fine. It has nothing to do with that. But for me, especially when it comes to Batman, he's always been dark. It always will be dark. And for me, I don't care if it's a little violent. I don't care if it's a little dark. By all means, go that way. I really don't. That's the only one that I'm really, I'm like, I don't care. I have Marvel for the lighter side of stuff. So for me, DC, go as dark as possible. It works for me. I love it that way. Yeah, you know, uh, the the next question in the notes is, uh, are we too dark? But uh, I guess I won't ask you that. <laughs> no, don't. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that I, one of the problems that I have with um, with some of the, uh, the newer Star Wars movies, getting, you know, off topic for a second, and the Bad Batch, I think they're using stun guns way too often. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I every episode, I, yeah. Yeah. I um I want some stakes you know raised. I want some consequences to uh to kind of befell uh befall our our our, our main group. But uh, Josh, what do you what do you what do you think about uh, dark moody superheroes? I know a lot of people have uh, almost you know I've seen some comments that people have had enough. You've got uh, you know the Dark Knight and the uh, Nolan trilogy uh, with uh, with Batman here. But uh, what do you think about uh, all the darkness? Well, um, you know, comic books aren't made for children, per se, as much as they are for adolescents, for young adults. Um, and they they crave that. They're tired of being sheltered under a wing. They want to feel the reality of the world around them. Um, and I think that um, that's appropriate for the, the, the audience that those stories are, are meant for. Obviously, there are going to be moments in certain stories and, and titles that are meant to be more for an adult and you know that's what rating systems are for frankly um but uh no i don't think that it's too dark i i I think the killing joke is one of the most phenomenal um batman stories ever and and it was immediately followed by the um batman death in the family where joker kills robin um and the you know the the readership was given the opportunity to vote does Robin live? Does Robin die? And they voted to kill him. So what does that say? You know, are, are the books too dark or are the people too dark, you know, and is there <laughs> such a thing as too dark? Right. You know, I mean, that's pretty subjective, honestly. Hi, Scarif. this is Nicole from Peace Love Star Wars. I'm calling in to just put a, Quick shout out to the Joker, one of my favorite DC villains. Well, not one. It is my favorite DC villain. The Joker is amazing. All the different generations of the Joker have been splendid, each unique uh, to the actor. Um, I love, of course, Joaquin Phoenix's take on the Joker as well as well as Heath Ledger. And even the TV iconic Joker has his own representation. Um, and I just hope that everybody throughout the coming generations will also continue to love on the Joker as that character kind of begins to grow and continues to develop. Thank you, you guys. You guys have a great day. May the force be with you. And that here is the scuttle to your butt. Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. 
I just like the sound of it. Uh, you, uh, Shanti, you mentioned the Joker as uh, portrayed by Jack Nicholson. And back then, obviously, we had Batman movies that were, you know, king of camp. You've got the Schumacher movies and, and things like that. But as we... Nipples. Right. And <laughs> we talked about that. We talked about that in, in, a, in a previous episode about the bat nipples. And Why? any opportunity it that I get to, thrown in my to face. say... Always. That's what she said. But the any opportunity I have to to say latex bat nipples, I'll take it. That's easy. You like seeing me pissed off. But let, let me ask you this, Shanti. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, getting back to the Schumacher camp and all the, the goofy stuff I saw, uh, I just finished watching the Val Kilmer documentary, and mm-hmm. he threw in a couple of clips of, uh, you know, of, of his Batman and, and um, you know, Two-Face and the Joker and the Riddler. Um, but it definitely was a totally different take on Batman, especially – uh, between the 60s stuff and then some of the the uh, Chris Nolan stuff. Um, it seems like there's an evolution of storytelling with Batman. And obviously entertainment is a reflection of, of us as a society, as an audience. We're kind of leaning towards that, uh, like Josh was saying, that dark, dark, you know, those storylines, we've got movies like Deadpool. We've got stuff that, like Logan that's uh, very serious and just you know uh, they're based in reality and 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 less comic booky type things like the Schumacher ma- movies but what do you think about that evolution in comic book movies and obviously the MCU is doing gangbusters with everything that's going on in in, in that universe but what do you think about all that the the evolution of how these stories are being told you know, obviously starting from what you said, the adolescence uh, audience, but now we're all adults. We want to really see, like you said, Shanti, we really want to see some some serious shit going on. What do you think? <laughs> I want to go back to how the Nolan Batmans were. That's, that, that's exactly how I want it. You know, they were able to make it realistic enough where it wasn't ridiculous and it was serious enough and almost dramatic. That's why I keep saying those were more like films. Those were more than movies. It really could have been about anything. You almost forgot that they were Batman movies. You know what I mean? Then that's what I loved about it. So I would like to go back to that. And I don't find Christopher Nolan's Batmans to be super dark. Um, I think Tim Burton's are actually darker. Um, I think Christopher Nolan towed a very fine line there. Um, but I'm really interested in seeing now what they're going to do with the Robert Pattinson one, because that one mm. definitely looks really dark and really serious. And I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to that one. I'm going to give that one a chance. Absolutely, I prefer I to go so. dark. I like the evolution. I, I don't ever want to go back to Schumacher. Bat nipples. I never want to go back to that. And I appreciate leave. the 60s one. I really do. I love <laughs> it. I, I own the movie on DVD. I I've been watching that since I was a kid. I love the shark repellent, all of that, but leave it, <laughs> leave the campiness in the sixties. Yeah. Uh, we can, you know, we can use less uh, latex nipples for sure. Yeah, please. I feel like there needs to be a certain balance though. I, I, I think that we did camp for years and years up until really until the, the, the first X-Men film in 2000. And, 
they were all about trying, even though it was this completely fantastic group of characters, they still tried to make everything much more toned down and reality based as, as much as they could. Um, and then, you know, that obviously Batman is the, the logical character to choose for a more re- reality based story. But at the same time, I, it's hard for me to imagine in a, in a world where you have these superhero universes like we have in the in the MCU with all these different characters interacting with one another. It's hard for me to imagine Christian Bale's Batman interacting with any inter- iteration of Superman. Do you see what I mean? Like, I can't imagine him. He's too reality based. Um, mm-hmm. Like he, he struggles fighting a normal person. How is he going to handle basically gods? Um, whereas, you know, even though I know a lot of people don't like Ben Affleck's Batman, I appreciate the direction that they were going with the character. And I absolutely love the costume. It's the most comic accurate costume we've ever gotten. Um, I'm a fan of the comics. So for me, that was more um, appealing than basically seeing the same thing we'd seen since Tim Burton's um, version of, of Batman. Um, they feel like they, they're not allowed to allow to make him that type of character that he always has to be someone that's completely relatable and believable. Um, and, uh, and I don't think that that's necessary. He's a character that deals in those situations. So he should be treated accordingly. That's well said. Yeah. Never thought of that. Um, so I want to get back to, uh, the Joker in the killing joke. Um, but I also want to preface by saying you know there's uh, obviously i asked this question earlier on regarding uh certain characteristics and traits uh that every actor brings to the joker um we've got uh the joker in uh birds of prey and uh uh, jared uh, jared leto's uh version is it leto or leto it's leto leto Mm -hmm. um what are your thoughts on leto's joker i often wonder How many alternate timelines do you destroy the world? Because, frankly, you don't have the colonies to die yourself. Hmm? So as usual, I'll be the bigger man. A truce, Bruce. He seems a little bit more uh, twisted, um, and I think a little bit more because you know now we're seeing skin, we're seeing tattoos, we're seeing piercings. It's I, I think it's it's a Joker that we haven't seen before. Uh, I don't think not even in the comics. So they brought they brought this this type of Joker out um, specifically for 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 this project, and I think uh, you know at, at first at first viewing he's he's very interesting visually and it kind of you know you kind of put that visual with what you already know about the joker and you know it it makes you think that he's going to go that extra mile to be maniacal to be crazy to be nuts to be you know just the joker that's all you know all all out what do you what do you guys think of, of 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 that uh incarnation of the joker I mean, there's been versions of the Joker like that in the comics, just maybe not as visually like that. But as far as what he was trying to go for with the the characterization of, of the Joker, I feel like there wasn't anything that new with it. He was just the, the menacing side of the Joker. He was the 
the angry side of the Joker and frankly, the self-deprecating, self-mutilating side of the Joker, the side of the Joker that doesn't really like the Joker um, and is angry and um, he wants to lash out at everyone and be bitter and, you know, basically poke the beast like he does in the Zack Snyder version um, in Justice League. Um, you know, he's just, uh, I think he's a darker version, but it's not anything that's completely alien. Uh, maybe the look to a certain extent, but not necessarily the character. Yeah, Shanti, um, you know, we, we talked about the Joker for a while and wanting to do this episode, but what is it? I mean, you know, Josh just said that he's uh, all those wonderful wonderful traits that the Joker has. What makes the Joker so popular? Why is, uh, why is he so loved by, by comic book fans and, and movie fans in general? What is it about him? He's uh, one can short of a six pack for the most part. Why do people like him? I feel like there's a dark side to all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's the side that we don't want to face. <laughs> We've, we've all had that one bad day, you know? He's right. intriguing. Mm-hmm. And for me that I love psychology, he is really a special case that I would just love to study. I know that sounds so Harley Quinn, but it's true. He's, he's, a, he's a therapist's dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, it, it might be safer to see the crazy from this side of the of mm -hmm. the room than actually, you know, be in the same room. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, you mentioned psychology, I think it uh, it definitely, you know, kind of treads on that uh, that precipice of uh, curiosity mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, we're all one bad day away from maybe yep. becoming uh, a joker. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think for a lot of people that's scary. Yeah. Uh, and may or may not, you know, sit right with a lot of people. The movie falling down comes to mind with Michael Douglas. Yeah. One of my I, love movie. Oh. I love that movie. I love that. Movie. I can yeah. so relate to that guy. I love exactly. that movie. <laughs> oh man. That's, uh. that's what I think of. That's exactly what so, I think of. Do you think that that's it then? I mean, we're all just, you know, we're all kind of like, you know, living, you know, balance on a balancing, you know, balancing act, uh, you know, I, mean, I don't are, know. Are we, are we watching people snap right now in the last year and a half? No. I guess, yeah. So. Nobody's wearing clown makeup yet. <laughs> no, but. Very but it's not so yeah. much a case of pure lunacy. I don't. I don't think. I feel no. like there's still method to the madness. Um, it's just a matter of really being just fed up, just mm -hmm. done, and not caring anymore about anyone else's standards, even your own, and just going wild in every possible way. Um, sometimes that's something very small and kind of insignificant, and sometimes it leads to tons of death. Um, so it just <laughs> kind of depends on what day of the week it is for the Joker or what minute of the day. Yep. <laughs> I don't, don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, no, no. No, you, you complete me. <laughs> <sighs> You know, a lot of people say that the modern, the uh, gold standard for portraying the Joker is uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. 
uh, in the Nolan films. Do you guys agree with that or not? What do you think about his uh, the benchmark that he set with his performance of the Joker? Didn't he win the Oscar for it? Yeah, he won Best Supporting Actor for okay, it. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. All right. All right. I wasn't sure. Um, I mean, he was my favorite. He's still my favorite. I know I know a lot of people want to compare him to the Joaquin Phoenix one now, but I find the Joaquin Phoenix Joker to be so different. I don't yeah. even know if I can consider it like part of DC. I don't even know how to like explain Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. It's so different. But for me, I think it would be Heath Ledger. Uh, he's still my favorite. He puts so much into it. And I love that he did his own makeup and talk about really just being, you know, you know, off your rocker. I, I don't know. He did the best job. And I also just love that movie. I think that was the best one. The Dark Knight. Absolutely. Josh. Well, I, I mean, I would say that I mean, it's you can't really compare those two performances, really. Um, you can't even really compare those two films. Both both are beautiful films in their own right. Um, but the reality of it is, is Heath Ledger was portraying the Joker in a Batman world. Um, Joaquin Phoenix was not necessarily portraying the Joker as far as what we all know, as much right. as he was just portraying a person. Um, and I think that the, you know, the point of that film, it, it didn't really, it happened to be set in Gotham. It could have been New York city. Um, you know, it happened to be Thomas Wayne. It, it could have been, you know, Donald Trump or some, you know, other rich New York socialite. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I don't think that it was really about Batman. So it's hard to really say that that even was the Joker. That's why, the film is just called Joker, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, because it's more just a, a commentary on um, on madness and on the, the failings of the mental health institution um, today and uh, and how easy it is for someone to to slip to that point where they're, like I said, fed up. Um, I don't think that he's lost his mind. I feel he completely has his faculties at the end of that film, um, but he's he's done following the standard um, that everyone else seems to force on him. And I think that's what makes him an even more formidable character, because if he was crazy, you know, I think he'd be easier to either stop or manipulate or bring right. to justice. I think the fact that he does, you know, he is critical about things. He thinks about things. He's, uh, you know, that character, the Joker is really, you know, he's, he seems like he's a smart dude and he knows what he's doing. And he's sometimes a couple of steps ahead of the uh, of our hero. Um, and I think that's what makes a character like the Joker even more threatening, Impressive. even more dangerous um, as we see. He has see no superpowers. In... Right. Yeah. None. I think his unpredictability is his superpower. To but you know what extent. I mean? Could There's be. nothing supernatural yeah. really about him. Yeah. Right. You know, Batman has a very complicated relationship with the Joker. And, um, you know, we, we see we see some new incarnations of that relationship in uh, in Joaquin Phoenix's movie um, regarding uh, the background of who he is mm -hmm. in relation to, you know, in, to, in relation to the Wayne family. Um, getting into anything new going forward, what else would we be able to see? Uh, 
as far as a character trait for the Joker, do you guys think that we'll get a Joker too? And I know Shanti, you and I, we, we talked about, do we need another Joker? Do we let this one sit? Um, do we continue with this story and this world? Do we, what, what else can we see with the, with the rest of the Joker as, as we've seen it with, uh, with the Joaquin, with the Joaquin Phoenix Joker? Josh, you can go first. <laughs> I, I honestly would not like to see a sequel to that film. I, I feel like it was a perfect thought. Um, and I don't want to try to add anything more to it. I think that you can fill in the blanks yourself. Um, if they are to take a next step with him, I feel like it's obvious that it will move into more of that Batman world. Otherwise, what really story is there to tell? Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I could see him delving further into his connections with Bruce and, and kind of seeing where that goes. Um, I could almost see him trying to become a mentor figure to Bruce to a certain extent, because at this point, Bruce is so much younger, um, and, uh, kind of seeing him further be a factor in the origin of the Batman, uh, to a certain extent. So, um, yeah. That's kind of what I think would happen if they were to make a sequel, but I really hope they don't. I know they like money and all, but um, you know, there's a point where you have to draw the line and art is art. And that film was art. But they are moving so, forward with it, aren't they? I thought they had finally decided that they were going to do a sequel I've not heard anything concrete. No? I mean, you know, there is always something in discussions, but oh, you know, what, that, obviously. You know, what that may mean, who knows? I don't want a sequel to that movie. No. And I'm surprised that Joaquin Phoenix would even entertain it. Well, it, you know, it really depends on where they take the character. Joaquin Phoenix is the kind of actor that isn't swayed by dollar signs. I think if mm-hmm. uh, if there is if there's an angle to that character where he feels that he might be able to, you know, do it justice, I think uh, I think I think there might be a sequel to that movie. Um, yeah, absolutely. But. But, we'll, but that we'll, would give we'll me stay. hope for it, though. If if I yeah. knew that he was going right. to be in it, I would feel then more obviously he has that, enough faith in it. Uh, yeah, he has faith in it. So, but well, it probably yes. wouldn't. It probably wouldn't get the same reaction that I got from the first one. I mean, it's one of the few movies where I literally sat in my chair for ten minutes after the credits were done rolling because I had to really sit there and think about it before I left. Absolutely. <laughs> So we have a comment from one of our followers, Andy's King Shark Stan account at Plus Verb. Um, I had tweeted out Cesar Romero's Joker was the earliest I remember seeing this character. And I talked about um, the actor and uh, the role as we uh, discussed earlier in the show. Um, she says, watching these reruns when I was little, Romero's Joker was the earliest I can remember seeing this character, too. He brought a gleeful note of malicious chaos to the role that controversial opinion maybe has never quite been matched in other versions before or since. Um, obviously, you know, she's got fond memories of, of uh, the Joker as portrayed by Romero. Uh, what do you think of her comment? Do you guys uh, agree, disagree? I think it's, uh, you know, not, not that uh, she's seeing the Joker through, um, you know, nostalgic uh, rose-tinted glasses, but... <laughs> You know, it it does kind of uh, say something about the '60s portrayal of that character uh, in Cesar Romero. What do you What do you guys think? I, I agree. Uh, that's what I was saying earlier. He, he there was just this hint of darkness to him that that separated him from all of the other villains on the series. Really made him stand out to me. 
His laugh was the best. He had a great laugh. Yeah, he did. He really did. And he was just very over the top in the in the performance. And, and I felt like that really lended itself well to the character. And look, he's the first on screen one that, you know, a lot of people had. So I can see why it's left such an impression on people. Mm. I mean, that's my parents Joker. I mean, they loved yeah. the Batman series as kids. Mm-hmm. And I also felt like the situations that Batman and Robin were in with him seemed more dire. Um, like there was more of a chance that something may go bad. Um, he just, I don't know, seemed like he was more on it um, than the others were. That makes sense. More right. in danger, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the more mm. of a sense of urgency to to their situation. Um, like I felt like the others were more just toying with them, whereas Joker meant what he was doing. And uh, speaking of maniacal laughs, uh, you know, you guys know that Mark Hamill, our favorite uh, Jedi Knight, uh, is the voice of the Joker in the animated series. He has portrayed uh, the Joker uh, for quite a few many years. Um, You know, there's some fans, obviously, of that portrayal of Joker. Um, And uh, one of our friends, Fluke Skywalker, does uh, obviously he cosplays as Luke Skywalker, but he also does a a wonderful uh, Joker uh, rendition. And I'm going to play that um, right now and uh, we'll get back. I have another question for you guys, but I want you guys to listen to Fluke Skywalker doing the Joker. Pretty awesome stuff. Hold on a second. Let me play it. We have an incoming transmission from the Scarif Scuttlebutt Hotline, Commander, and we can't withstand a voicemail of this magnitude! One thing I like about the Joker, being the anti-hero that he is, is how he is portrayed by all the greats, from Cesar Romero to Jack Nicholson to Heath Ledger, and my personal favorite, Mark Hamill, who did the voice acting for the Joker on the cartoon series. When I saw him do this at the 2016 Comic-Con for the Killing Joke version, I absolutely became a Mark Hamill fan because the pacing and timing and inflection he delivered on a cold read is flawless. And the end of it really got me and made me a big Mark Hamill fan as well as a Joker fan, especially when he said, Memories can be vile. Repulsive little brutes, like children, I suppose. <laughs> wow, that was awesome! Thank you so much, Absolutely Luke amazing. Skywalker. That was amazing. Yes. <laughs> wow, you guys are funny. Wow. So, uh, quick question: You know, is the joke? You guys were talking about Joaquin Phoenix's. Uh, uh, portrayal of the Joker. We talked a little bit about his background. It, let me, this is kind of a controversial question. Maybe it's not. Is the Joker the common man? Is he the everyday Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. I mean, isn't that how he's kind of portrayed before he becomes the Joker? So I think that's what makes him yeah. so relatable. In the killing joke, he's he's a normal guy that mm-hmm. is trying to be a comedian. Stand up. Yeah. So. so. Much like in the Joker or Joker. Mm-hmm. Such a complicated, complicated character. 
and uh, you know what a uh, wonderful world that uh, that they've built for us uh, with Batman mm-hmm. and um, you know the comic books and all the wonderful things that uh, that we enjoy when it comes to the Batman franchise and all the uh, the villains and the arch nemesis and and uh, obviously the character of the Joker. Um, any, uh, I guess any final thoughts on the Joker before we, uh, we say goodbye. Um, this has been, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're almost into like 45 minutes, but this has, uh, really been, it it goes by fast, uh, obviously, but any other thoughts on the Joker before we, uh, we say goodbye. Well, I, I think it's interesting that, I mean, he's, he's been there since the beginning. He was introduced in Batman issue number one and, he was initially going to be just killed off. He was going to be a one, one off character, just one and done appears in the comic dies in the end and, and they're done with him. Um, and at the last minute they decided to, to keep him alive. And I think I, I know this sounds odd, but the world's a better place because of that. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, Josh, I want to thank you for joining us uh, tonight on this talk on The Joker. Where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me. Well, thank you for having me. Um, and, and you can uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Josh at Sith Care Bear or uh, uh, Sith Care Bear on Instagram. And I'm kind of all over YouTube. Uh, I don't really have a channel per se that produces content, but I'm on lots of other people's channels so uh you can definitely find me there um tomorrow at uh 12 p.m pacific um i will be on salacious rums uh channel for a hangout with him and a couple hours later i'll be on thousandth ghosts and um also going to be streaming with uh rebel roses later in the week Uh, so yeah busy week Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll uh, definitely join you. I know uh, Rachel wants to do a Patreon stream with uh, us and and Frank. Mm -hmm. Uh, That always sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, Rachel's good people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't forget to leave the guys a voicemail for a chance to be included in the discussion. Let them know what's on your mind. Call 773-234-8659. And that's the Scuttlebutt.